When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and we are back. I want to welcome, first off, my co-host, Shadow Price. Welcome back. It's so great to have you. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like we never left, but, you know, we're gone for about five months. You know, lots of things happened since we've been gone. But, hey, we're back. We're back we and better back. than ever. We are back. And tonight on the show, we welcome Battle Jitney. We're going to talk about so many exciting things in the world of Destiny. We're going to talk about the reveal that happened not too long ago. We're going to talk about the season of Arrivals. And we're going to talk about what's next. What's coming this fall with Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're also going to dive into the latest news from Bungie, and we're going to get started right now. So first off, I want to welcome Battle Jitney. Thank you so much for being on with us. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Hey, man. Thanks so much for the invitation. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, we are honored to have you, and uh, we're excited. We're going to talk about so many cool things that we can just kind of geek out about, and uh, we're going to talk about Destiny. But before we talk about Destiny, we're going to put you on the hot seat. We're going to invite you for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn a lot more about Battle Jitney, who he is, what he does, and so much more. So we'll begin right now. So Battle Jitney, we're going to start with asking you, who is Battle Jitney? For anyone who does not know you. (sighs) Battle Jitney is an... Battle Jitney is your gamer dad. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm a guy in the second half of my 50s um, who pretty much gave up all his other hobbies to play Destiny uh, a few years ago, and uh, I just got sucked into the world and hooked on it, and and it it eclipsed all other priorities. That's from remember the movie Aliens where where Ripley's in the computer and she's like all other priorities are rescinded. That was that's. Mm-hmm. That, that's what happened to me. So wow. I, I'm a full-time, uh, I have a full-time job. That's about a 50 hour a week job. I work for a, an electric utility, um, 
during the daytime doing designs for electric construction crews to go out and build lines and provision new services and stuff. And then um, I have a wife and two sons, two teenage sons. One just graduated high school. The other one is just entering high school. Um, and um, yeah, I won't. I mean, I could say I could start it all off like I was born in December of 62 and it all took off from there. But I don't want to bore you with the whole dull life story. Cool. <laughs> so you're like, so you're just a really cool gamer dad who loves to play Destiny. Oh, well, I'll let you be the judge of the really cool part. But I am a gamer dad who loves to play Destiny. All that much I can concur. I can, <laughs> I can relate to that. I can relate. <laughs> so now... On that note, can we technically call you a YouTuber? Because technically you did a thing. I d well, yeah, I, again, you're, I'll leave that to you guys. Am I now a content creator because I finally made a video? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just go with that for today. My vote is yes. Okay. It, it all starts with one. You got you to gotta make the first one, you know? Once it, you make it, then... It, it, it actually has, you know, I have, it hasn't, I don't know, it's still gotten less than 200 views on this video, but um, it, it did make me start thinking about more content that I could make and who would it, who would the audience be and uh, how would I tailor it? You know, what could I bring that's different to the table than any other YouTuber or, or content creator, you know, and, and I, I haven't, you said you had a, uh, Shadow Price, you mentioned earlier, you have a meteorologer, meteorolo meteorological. That's a tough word. Um, yeah, yeah, I have a degree in meteorology. Yeah. Thank you, because I can't <laughs> say that. Um, I have a degree in English education. Oh, and very cool. I've and all my writing and comp classes was always write about what you know. You know, mm -hmm. so that's got to apply, I think, to YouTube content as well. So as I've been thinking about, yeah, if I made another video, what would I? how would I make it? And I'm like, you know, there's so much news videos out there. So many how to's it's maybe I tailor it to the middle age working gamer, mom, dad, doesn't matter. You know, if you only have a couple hours a week, do this. I don't know. That's what I'm batting around right now. When I, when I return to destiny in the fall, maybe I'll try that. You know, and that's the amazing thing about YouTube and Twitch and things like that. You know, like, I don't even watch cable TV at all. Like, I watch YouTube. I watch YouTube for all, most of my content, and except when I want to watch a show or something, then I'll watch it on, like, you know, Netflix or Hulu or something like that, one of the streaming services. But YouTube has just become such, like, a big part of, like, everybody's life now. You know, it, it, there's so many awesome sh podcasts and content that you can find on these channels yeah it's it's really it's really cool like that's yeah society is changing how we consume content is changing and it's continuing to happen you know many years ago we used newspapers to consume information right now we have websites that we can go to and podcasts that we can listen to and youtube videos so i think the way that we consume information drastically changed in the last uh i would say decade oh totally 
totally. And then it's incumbent upon the viewer to be wise in what they and what they watch. And uh, personally, I I I hate living in an echo chamber. So I I like to listen to or consume different points of view from across the spectrum, um, especially when it comes to news. Uh, yeah. Where we used to, when you said like 20 years ago or 10, 20 years ago, when you relied on um, newspapers or the big three television networks, you relied on them to vet out what was supportable, factual, verifiable news and what wasn't. And now at the click of a button, you can get, I mean, we all know about how much misinformation is out on the World Wide Web as well. That's the that's the other side of the sword. Oh, and in the video game space, there's a lot of misinformation, <laughs> but there's a lot of leaks and there's a lot of like different people just like, you know, it, it's, 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 it's interesting. It takes on a whole like life on its own. It feels like. So uh, I want to go back to battle jitney for a second. And we, we touched on the video that you made, but I think it would be more effective coming from you. Um, do you want to tell us about your video and what motivated you to make that video and what was in it? Sure. So it's it's called uh, Destiny to the Reset, and it's about it's it's kind of an eighteen minute long. I wouldn't call it a stream of consciousness, but it's really pretty much what brought me to the point of not just taking a break from the game but um, resetting my experience with the game. Uh, and what I mean by that is I didn't, you guys have probably watched the video, it's I didn't just delete the game off my consoles, I deleted all of my materials, all the guns in my um, vault, and I deleted my only character. Now was uh, this Destiny 1 or Destiny 2? Destiny 2. Well, okay. this is, I imported this character from Destiny 1. This character was the my warlock was the first character that I made in when I started playing Destiny in early 2016. So it would have been at post Taken King and okay. and, and pre Rise of Iron. Um, and uh, you know how remember when Destiny one to two you could just roll over the what your dest what your character looked like. Yes. Well, my warlock was the very first character I made, so I decided to that was the only one I had a. I had a hunter and a and a titan and a warlock and D1, and I decided, you know what, the only one I'm going to roll over is my warlock because it's the one I identify with, even though I didn't really main the warlock in D1. It was it was the one that I, when I created him, I said, how can I, can I make a a warlock's face that looks as close to mine as possible? Um, so I had some identity, some role playing identity with that that character. So that's what I brought over, um, and that's the one I deleted. Uh, in this video. So why did I do it? Um, well, I'm going to go back a step and give you a little bit of my history with Destiny. So prior to 2016, I did not own, I had, I had never bought an Xbox. The last PlayStation I owned was a, was an original PlayStation. What later was rebranded as PS1. Um, and then my sons, for my kids, I had GameCube and Wii and a Wii U. So I was playing games, but I was playing them with my kids when they were younger, and we were doing tons of exp of uh, GameCube and um, Wii U games. You know, all the fun Mario Mario stuff and um, 
Zelda, yeah. Zelda, Lego yeah. City, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just that was how I was getting my my video game outlet. Prior to that, I have been an off and on gamer since literally since I was a kid in the seventies, and we got a Pong game. Uh, my parents bought brought one home for Christmas, and and I sat there for hours just watching the little stupid ball go back and forth from paddle to paddle. And you could set the paddles in such a way that you could just leave it on autopilot and it would just, you know, go back and forth and go back. It was, you know, stupid game. But from there to pumping quarters in video arcades and bowling alleys to going over to my friend's house and playing on his television. And uh, um, I did. F- and then I I got into into PC gaming in the late eighties. Um, mostly uh mostly role playing game stuff and a D&D based stuff because I was a big D&D nut back in the early 80s um and um PC gaming I liked flight simulators first person shooters and turn based RPG stuff um I had a Nintendo NES um also back I finally got one of those in almost and it was 1990 I think when I got that uh, and then I went into the army full time, so my gaming kind of dropped off. Um, but when I got back out, I built a new PC, played, oh gosh, a lot of Quake, a lot of, um, um, yeah, gosh, a ton of Quake. It would seem like on dial up, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 the dial up. I remember mm-hmm. that. <laughs> But I didn't. I never did buy an Xbox or an Xbox 360, so I kind of skipped the whole Halo, the whole Halo phase, because I knew it's so easy to just while away tons and tons of hours playing video games. I just thought, you know what? I I know if I get an Xbox, that's where I'll sink. It'll just be a black hole that I'll get lost in. So I just I never bought one. Halo um, Three and Halo Reach for me, yeah, sunk a lot of hours in that. Nowhere near as much as Destiny, but at the time, it was a lot of hours. So I'll jump up to 2016. I had a, a friend that I, I work with, this guy, just a few years younger than me. We became friends because our both our boys were in Cub Scouts. We actually showed up at Cub Scouts, brought our kids and got them into boys into Cub Scouts. We showed up at the same day and the the pack leader said, oh, former army. And that guy's a former Eagle Scout. Hey, you'd be good den leaders. So we just got roped into leadership and we became close, you know, close friends through it. And th- over the time, I found out he was a gamer, and he was he had done hardcore all the all the Halo series and played Gears of War big time and uh, stuff. And and uh, in 2015, he said, "Dave, I got this game. It's called Destiny. You really got to try it." And he worked on me for a good solid six six months to convince me to get an Xbox and get Destiny so we could play together because we I didn't. We really we didn't have any way to play online together at that time, and um, at the coincidentally, my boys were bugging me. Dad, can we get an Xbox for Christmas? I really want to play Halo. Master Chief Collection's out. And I gosh, really want to play it. So I gave in. Christmas of uh, December 2015, bought an Xbox for the boys and myself. Bought myself a copy of Destiny, and um, and the rest, as they say, is history. History. So my best, my buddy. His name's Hena Ojisan. Got me uh, playing Destiny, and um, 
once I got into it. It was a little hard to get into after Taken King. I didn't really know what was going on. I was trying to sort out what is this House of Wolves expansion? How does the story all fit together? You know, it's sort of it's sort of hard to get into and make a cohesive story when you jump in late and you've got, you know, this library of story missions to go through and catch up on. But I eventually kind of figured it out. Um, he carried me through my first uh, King's Fall raid. Uh, and then I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. How can I find out more about this game? I started watching, uh, I started looking at YouTube videos of what guns and, and, and roles to find and how to get through different um, strikes and, and just all the huge amounts of tips. And Planet Destiny was a huge source of my info at that time. Um, started, I thought, how can I get better? I got to get caught up with, with Henna, my buddy. He's just, he's just light years better than I am at, at all of this stuff. So, uh, I just started doing homework and homework and homeworks. Like, how do I, you know, what's the best way to level up my characters and, and, um, uh, what loot to go after. And, uh, I started watching the planet destiny podcast i actually the first time i watched the planet destiny podcast was the last was the last day of the original cast the pope bear and um and watts and and that gang their last episode was my first the first time i'd even watched a, a podcast at all so then the next one was the new crew that had mega and story and fallout and and tbl and and I was, uh, so I thought, okay, these guys seem cool. And Bones, I think he was on the show at the time. And um, I thought, this, this seems, these guys seem like they know what they're talking about. And, and then I just, I watched them without fail every week just to keep up on the latest in the show or in the, in the, uh, in the game world and, and what the latest vibe was. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I was between, like up through um, Rise of Iron, I was staying up to like, hope oh, my employer never hears this. I was staying up to like three in the morning and then I'd go to work and then I'd get in my car and I'd drive to the local park and I'd take an hour nap over my lunch hour so I could go back and finish my work shift in the afternoon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how bad I had it. It was just, I, I just was all in. And uh, when Rise of Iron was passed, you know, we had that, that time while we were waiting for Destiny 2 to come out, I uh, um, I thought, well, shoot, you know, I've got, I, I've seen all these people on now, and I figured I found out, you know, I discovered Twitch along the way too. It's like, oh gosh, these guys are streaming, but a lot of them play on PlayStation and I'm on Xbox. Not, not very many people stream on Xbox so that you can like enter raffles to get trials carries and stuff like that. So I, before D2 came out, I bought a PS4 to go with my Xbox and I bought two copies of Destiny 2 so I could play with people on both platforms. And I thought when they announced that the, it was going to be out on PC as well, I thought, yeah, we'll see how well that works. I bet you most people stay on the consoles and boy, was I wrong because the my my very small playlist on PS4 just dried up and went away. But I'd have to say my my highlight of D1 was two things. I made uh, Story Machine, who was on the Planet Destiny podcast. He made a really funny YouTube video about um, the Queen Breaker's bow, and it was 
it's super fun. You can probably still find it. He makes great YouTube videos. And uh, my youngest son came home from school one day and he'd been, he was, he was in public school at the time and he was getting picked on by some kids and, and, and wasn't, you know, he was just really bummed and said, everybody hates me and all that. And I said, Hey, let's go, let's go watch something funny and take your mind off it. And he goes, okay. And so we watched, I played that video for him and he, by the end of it, he was laughing and he was having a good time. And he was like, dad, let's go play destiny. So we got on and played some destiny. I reached out to story machine with an email and told him that story and he said, that's the nicest story I think I've ever heard, that this silly video I made could turn your kid's day around. Um, that was my that was one of the first highlights of, of playing in D1 and getting involved in the greater, the broader Destiny community. The second one was literally the last week of Trials 1, Trials in D1. I finally, finally won a raffle when Fallout Plays was was doing carries on Xbox. And um, it was uh, our, our final game in that trials run was against um, Lucky and Ben White. Oh. And I had no idea who those guys were. We just, <laughs> we queued in and Fallout goes, oh, crap. It's, it can never be easy, can it? It's always got to be something. And I thought, oh, crud, here, here we're in for it. And it really, it came down to the wire. It was the most intense, exciting, exhilarating, thrilling gaming experience I've ever had. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get in everybody's way. I'm trying not to die too early. You know, I'm like, maybe I can get one shot on one of these other, you know, YouTubers that, are, that we're playing against. And it, it, literally at the last minute, fallout comes through with the clutch and we we win and takes me to the lighthouse and here i've been hearing about the lighthouse now for a year and a half or at least a full year it's like i thought i'd never get there and we go to the lighthouse and i you know i spent i must have spent two hours just looking at every nook and cranny of the lighthouse because i knew that was the last time i'd probably ever get there and Mm. anyway um yeah, that was those are really fun memories. Um, so Destiny Two comes out. A little bit of a fast forward there. Um, I'm now I'm in I'm in a clan with my buddy Henna, and I'm in a we have a weekly raid group. We raided uh, the Leviathan every week. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a gob of clears compared to a lot of people. I have maybe thirty some odd thirty five clears or something on Leviathan on the various modes. Eater of Worlds, we did a bunch of those. Spire of Stars, we banged our head against the wall on that for about 10 or 15 tries before I finally got a clear on that. And um, to, I guess to bring you up to, up to the video, so I, I lay all that groundwork just to tell you I was all in. And for a guy in his mid-50s with a full-time job and kids, that was an incredible amount of time I invested in the game and a fair amount of emotion in the game. Um, they Just getting to know people in the community. I, I, never, I had no idea that video games could be, could have the, this, this organic community grow up around it like Destiny does. And I've, I've, I don't play Call of Duty. I don't play, um, oh, I mean, I've dabbled in Fortnite a little bit. I dabbled in Apex a little bit, but I have no idea. I have no clue. If any other game has a community like this, 
Um, but this was so amazing that I, you know, I'm making friends around the world. I'm, um, I'm playing with people of all different ages, all different races, all different genders, and it's all good. You know, it's all, it's like this game was this incredible equalizer across social and uh, economic stratas, if you will. And it was just, I, I just thought it was super cool. Uh, and however, as time went on, I started looking at my other hobbies going, gosh, I'd really like to get back into reading a little bit or doing this other thing. But my hours after a full day and spending time with my wife and and a little time with my kids, my gaming time was, my spare time for hobbies, just very limited. Um, And as Destiny wore on, I loved Forsaken. Totally just, I lived Forsaken. In in the video, I'm kind of recounting a little bit of the video here too. but uh, after after Forsaken um, had played out and the and the seasons that came after it, Drifter and Opulence and stuff, and Forges, just before Shadowkeep came out, I took a trip to Europe, and I couldn't um, I couldn't do the 2019 you know seasonal stuff and get that badge. Uh, and but that had this nice long break away from gaming and it was like this big i was kind of burned out right before then anyway and i had this nice long break and i thought man maybe i'll try to just dial this back a little bit and and play a little more casually but bungie the new the season the model of this last year with the fear of missing out that they kind of wove into the game and and this feeling like gosh i feel like i got i feel like i have to play now to keep up or I'm going to miss out on the latest cool guns or the, you know, my character won't be up to speed and up to the, to, to make, make play the latest content. And I just felt beholden to the game. Um, and I'm, I was like, you know what? I need a I need a reset. Like when destiny one ended and they wiped out all of our stuff and we got to start over from zero. I said, I need a break and I need to, I need to get, I need to completely be away from the game and any temptation to play it so that I can come back at a later date with a fresh perspective and play this like I'm playing it for the first time again. Um, knowing that there's not going to be a D3 around Memorial Day weekend, I decided, and, and that was right after the Fourth Horseman quest debacle. And, you know, it was last season and last season was, I mean, it has to arguably be arguably be as low a point as Curse of Osiris. Um, close to it, yeah. Yeah, pretty close season, to it. Season of the Bugs. It's, it's funny you say that, because for me, I would say the last season was kind of worse than Osiris. I mean, at least we got a new destination with that, even if it was a lousy one. Yeah, I, I think we got more during Osiris than we got this past season. But I agree. I think for me, kind of lost interest in the whole seasonal model after Shadowkeep. Because for me, one of the things that uh, I think Bungie did, and I don't know if it was the right move, but bringing everybody up to 750, where my entire grind up to 750 
was nulled and void where it didn't mm-hmm. even matter. So at that point, I stopped really caring about light level. And you could probably tell Shadow Price based on my character not really being at that pinnacle light level after that because I just lost interest. I felt like I worked so hard to get 750 and now everybody is 750. So what's stopping Bungie from bringing everybody up to 1060 in the fall? I wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Yeah, I mean, I know why they did it. And I understand why, but also why you're... you're I understand, but I also think it is a profound, profound negative that many people are not recognizing. Because essentially, it, it negates the grind, and it negates the power level to where, in the future, my decision will be based on... on how have how has Bundy treated light level in the past? And I would always go back to, well, if everybody got brought up to 750, why what's stopping them from bringing everybody up to 1060 next fall? Well, the thing is, is I, I think they had an onboarding process of uh, all the Steam like players that were going to be, you know, with yeah. Destiny coming, Destiny 2 coming to Steam, you know, migrating from Bungie or Battle.net to Steam and everything. So I I think a lot of it had to do with that. They were bringing on a whole new audience. They wanted to have them, they wanted them to be able to play immediately. They didn't want to have to have them go grind for like a month or two, the old yeah. content to be able to play new. Now, granted, they've made a few missteps along the way, even this last past season with the Seraph Towers, like you you went in there and you weren't able to even complete the event like at the light level you were at. So you it was like almost a forge like situation again where you had to kind of grind up a little bit to get to that light to be able to defeat it because it was hard to make those heroic. And if you didn't make them heroic, you couldn't get the, the Seraph chest and everything. You, you you couldn't open that chest, yeah, and that was a whole big debacle during the Felwinter's Lie Quest and everything too. Yeah, and and you know I think for me the other thing that kind of made me not as interested in grinding the game is just the whole sunsetting idea because knowing that the weapons that I acquire now in the future aren't going to be as viable, I I think that's a pretty big deterrent. Like let me give you an example. If they had a quest that required for you to put in six, seven hours to get that weapon, and you knew by next fall it's going to be completely irrelevant, you wouldn't be as eager to get it. You wouldn't be as motivated, no. Because I I got a little pushback on that one, though. We are playing a looter shooter, right? Oh, I understand. I I mean, we want cooler loot. We don't want to keep using the same stuff that we've then been Then give using. us cooler loot. Give us cooler and, loot. And I think they're going to do that. Let me put it this way. The weapons that I have now should not impact them creating cooler loot in the game. I think they're, they're going to do cool. that, though. Like, let, 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 me, let, me just, let me just let me have the floor for a second. With them sunsetting 85% of the weapons, there's got to be some really cool loot coming. Because if they're sunsetting 85% of the weapons, like what are we going to use? 
like they've there's got to be a, a whole overhaul to where to the weapon system in the in the fall i feel like and with them showing a legendary weapon from beyond light today during the live stream it looks like no other weapon i've seen so far in the game yeah i was really happy to see it didn't look like another auto or pulse or exactly scout. that that frame i your you your guess is as good as mine what that weapon is <laughs> like i couldn't tell if it was a scout or if it was a pulse or if it was a fusion or an auto i i could not tell what that was i think they know they need to put more futuristic type weapons in the game yeah and I, and also um i want to dial it back just even a little bit i i want to talk about your your story you had uh battle that was a, f a really familiar story actually like how you got into destiny and everything like it, it's a story i've heard so many times because i kind of lived it myself even though we are beta players we are we are vanilla players from original destiny mm -hmm. we we're beta boys we got in and <laughs> of 20 you know during july of 2014 and you know i tell the story all the time but I, I might as well tell it again it's been five months since we podcasted corn <laughs> uh, uh, had to convince me to to buy destiny and everything and I, i'm a bungee i'm a bungee person i like i i played halo and halo halo 3 and halo reach those were my go-to games my first person shooters uh that i put in sunk in tons of hours into the multiplayer of those games and you know it's like when they came out and you know 2014 and you know we first heard about it in 2013 during e3 and everything you know it just like oh this is a bungee activision first person shooter and you know corn had to convince me to you know get, dip my toe into the game <laughs> and everything i still and, think by the way halo reach is the best halo of all time prove me wrong I have. I will say this. I have since played through the Master Chief Collection. I played. I went through all the story missions with my youngest son because he he wanted to. We just did it. Did it together. And yeah, I'd have to say Reach is Reach is pretty awesome. That space battle mission. Oh, it's so great. I love that. Yeah. I love that mission. It's like I've been that. waiting for Bungie to do something like that in Destiny for a really long time now. Yeah, I me too. I, like, I'm really hoping they pull through and give us some space battles because that would be really, really awesome. Yeah. I want to, I just want one more thing. I, I want to get your thoughts really quick on Sunsetting uh, Battle, Jitney. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Um, because that was in the video, I do mention some sunsetting. Um, initially, I had the same reaction around weapons that uh, Cornholio just mentioned. Um, it's like, gosh, you know, I, I, I remember running the forge over and over and over to get, um, my, my God roll blast furnace. And I, I had it, I got it, it dropped finally. And that was the gun I used primarily for PVE stuff almost from then on exclusively, um, until auto rifles got, until auto rifles got a buff. And then I started just playing around with some auto rifles again, but, um, so I was like, gosh, my my Scorpion R four SR RS four or whatever, my fast firing scout's gonna age out, and my blast furnace is gonna age out, and my Epicurean's gonna age out, and all you know, all my favorite guns. Um, but I I thought oh, I started listening to to other people talk about it. Various people I heard talk about sunsetting convinced me that 
you know what? It probably is a good thing to do this for the weapons. So we don't have this constant power creep. So I'm like, okay, fine. I can get on board with it. So I started using just the weapons that dropped out of seasons nine and 10. To, and I found out, yep, these are viable too. I can learn to get used to these. The deal breaker for me was the armor. Uh, because as a, as a, I won't call myself a casual player because I'm fairly passionate about the game, but I have a limited amount of time to play. So getting armor with the right stat rolls and then master working that armor to just max it out as, as best I could for the way I like to play to find out that I would not be able to infuse that higher. That was totally, that's like, that's when I finally started to feel like my time's been wasted. Um, so I, I, I'm on board with the weapon stuff. I, I wish there was something different they were doing with armor. I think the whole transmog thing is the answer to that too. Like with the transmog coming in, you're going to be able to get the look, get the look you want, but get the stats you want though too, and everything. Yeah, but I mean, you're still those when you get that piece of armor with the stats you like, it's still only going to be infusible. Well, I mean, it'll be infusible for a year from the time you get it, right? Yeah, I mean, the raid like longer periods of time. Yeah. Uh, too. They're, they're, they're going to have a longer shelf. Like the raid, the Europa raid, that, that armor should last a while. Yeah. Because it'll be I the new say, raid. And... I, will, I will say one thing. I, I'm okay with weapon sunsetting. I will agree with Jitney. I'm not okay with the armor sunsetting. And uh, I don't agree with that decision. I don't understand why they made that choice. Um, I could understand the weapons. But the armor, I don't, I don't get it. I and know why me, they made that choice. I know why they okay. made it. Why? Why did they it's, do it? It's, it's the whole power creep thing. It's the also they want to make cooler stuff. They want they want this to be an MMO. Like when they say Wait, they want this, this to be, you know, because you know what MMOs do. They basically take all your old stuff and you have to go like it becomes useless. Like that's that's what MMOs do. Like when a new expansion comes out, you have to go get new stuff and everything that stuff you were using before only good in the first hour or two of your the new content wow that's that's what mmos do like world of warcraft let me ask this like that what is the longest time that you would expect to complete an activity in a traditional mmo like some let me ask you this if you were to play a raid and it took you seven eight hours to to finish or maybe you had to go into the raid multiple times to get the drop you want because some that's what it is. items are going to be more rare than others. That's how it so, is. So where where is that balance? And at what point do players say, um, this is not worth my time because you're going to make this obsolete and I don't really care anymore. I mean, think well, about the, I think about the, the grind they, they, they to get down they have to strike a balance. If they are going to make, if they're sunsetting things and they're going to make you have to go out there in the world and, you know, get this new gear and everything, they have to be very generous with it. There has to be multiple paths of ways to get it. This whole umbral engram thing is pretty genius, actually, because it allows you to get the engram and then you, you go and you put it in the prismatic recaster and you, you focus it to get to something closer to what you want. And then you put it in the, what is it that uh, the thing that spits it out and everything and gives you that item. Like it, 
it's closer to allow you to choose, you know, your loot and everything. You know, it's like, so you don't feel like your time is completely wasted and everything. That your play session was what wasn't wasted. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I kind of like the system we had in Destiny 1 where you could pick an armor piece or a weapon. And you pick between those two and you can get a random drop from each of these categories. I like that better because to me, it was a lot more simple and I can focus on shooting things, which is what I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy sitting there analyzing mods to try to figure out what's the best mod it, to me that's just too much work and that's why i have not been a fan of this mod system at all well let me tell you something cornholio there are two types of players that well actually there's probably a lot more than two <laughs> there there's there's you that doesn't care about this doesn't care about the mods doesn't care about looking to get the high stat rolls doesn't look care to look to maximize you know you max out your character and things like that, you know, based on the mods and, you know, master working the gear all the way. But then there's the people out there that will go though that length to do that because, you know, they just, they, they want to basically, they want to consume every part of, you know, the game. They, they want to like, they don't say it anymore, but build their perfect killing monster machine and everything. You know, they said that during shadow keep, but they've kind of, you know, that jargon has fallen by the wayside a little bit. You know, for it, me, for the mod system, I liked it because, and, and cust, built, doing that monster killing machine thing, for me, I saw it as I need, look, when you guys get into your 50s, your your reflexes are not going to be what they are in your 20s or 30s. In my 40s right now. Right, in your early 40s, right? So yeah. I feel like I need every little edge I can get. It's like, it's like when I was doing Pinewood Derby cars with my sons. You you shave off every fraction of an ounce you can, and you get that weight in the car so it rolls down the track. If it's just a fraction of a second faster or smoother than the car next to you, you got that much better chance to win. And that's how min maxing my setups in Destiny, in especially in posture. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why we watch Cacus videos. That's why we watch Fallout plays. That's why we watch Astacross. That's why we watch I, these guys who right. I feel like I need every little tiny advantage I can get to to just to just to survive <laughs> in PVE and and in PvP. So um, I am that other player, the the one that likes it to to max it out. But once I get it set, I don't want to screw with it. That's just it. I want to build it once and roll with it for a long time. I I I don't I hate this constantly reinventing the wheel thing. That's what, and that's what the sunsetting system feels like. It's gonna it's forcing me to do, and that's what the mod system, seasonal mod system, feels like. It's it's encouraging me to do. I like the mod system, the basic mod system, but the seasonal stuff. It's 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 like well now I got to tamper with everything and and tweak it again, and I've already got it tweaked the way I like it. I don't have that much time to rebuild it again. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it's the economies. Like, they're always changing the economies and the way things work. And, uh, you know, I, I do deep down feel like they're trying to get to a place where, you know, the game is feeling rewarding to everybody and you're not, like, 
going to be punished for spending like hours playing and you're going to get rewarded while you're playing and things like that. And, you know, that's why they have you, the mods are not, you know, they're on your, in your collections now that you have them yeah. at your disposal. You know, it's like you don't throw them away. You still have them. You just spend a little bit of currency each time. What is it like 500, you know, 500 glimmer. Yeah. And we all, we're all, we're all glimmer rich. You know, we can just go to Spider and throw some materials at him and get more Glimmer and everything. You know, it's no big deal. Um, but, yeah, they could streamline things a little bit more. And ho hopefully they do that, you know, when Beyond so, Life comes out. So, Cornholio, when do you uh, – d am I to understand then that you don't really focus on the min-max game? And, and, like, getting all armor with – getting armor with all mobility or, you know, all intellect or whatever? The point I was making earlier was that I don't like having to do that. I think it adds to the game a level of complexity that just doesn't really need to be there. But that's your opinion, though, Cornelio. Right? That's There's my other opinion, people. right? That's totally There's my other opinion. People. Everyone's going to have their opinion, right? But for me, I prefer going to Zavala or Ikora and having two options between you know, an armor piece or a weapon piece, and then it randomly drops either or. I don't like the system, like with the Chalice of Opulence, where you had to go through with green and red and yellow and, and orange and all these different things. To me, it just added to the game what wasn't necessarily making the game better. Huh. It's like adding more resources to the game. Even when it gave you, even when it gave you agency over what you were getting? And that's what yeah. basically the um, the Umbral Engrams are doing right now. Yes, because let me let me let me tell you one thing. They were essentially adding more and more of these materials, but they only give you one path for using those materials, and essentially it just stacks up in your inventory where you just get too much crap. Like right now, look at our inventories right now. There's well, so the, many those, materials. Those materials aren't in your inventory. Those are on the chalice. Right. If, you're, if you're talking about the chalice ones, like those are, those are specifically on the chalice. Those aren't in your inventory. Yeah, but to his to his to Cornholio's point though, the season these last few seasons in this last year, I think that's more what he's getting at. Okay. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's yeah they adding more materials to the game to farm. I don't think that necessarily adds to my wanting to play the game. Like, I ultimately want for Bungie to think, if we're going to ask this player to do this thing, will this be fun? Will this be a fun experience? Like, think about the event that took place not too long ago with, with uh, the ship blowing up in the tower. An hour oh, and a half. Guys, live event, yeah. An hour and a half. I understand it was a live event, and I applaud them for a lot of really cool things that they did with it. But ultimately, they asked their community to sit in the tower for an hour and a half wondering, when is this going to happen? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I'm sorry. To me, that's not good game design. I, I think that there are really nice things that they're doing because the whole live event in the tower, that's great. But it could have happened over the course of 30 minutes. And I think that had to do with it. Uh engine limitations and things like that 
Um, you can't you can't tell me because of the engine limitations it had to take an hour and a half instead of thirty minutes. Some of it, yeah, no, no, definitely because they've never done a live event before. The game is not like geared for doing live events because obviously it, you're looking for something done like way quicker and things like that. They literally had to take frames and frames basically like as you were waiting in the tower and then the missiles would slowly approach and everything the thing and then we had to wait you know for it to make contact and then frames and frames of like 10 to 15 minutes where it would just look like popcorn like on the almighty and everything yeah that's engine limitations right there (laughs) i think this was definitely their experiment on doing that on live events I, i think they learned a lot from this um they probably figured out what they were capable of and what they could maybe push harder on next time to shorten that window i you know they they heard loud and clear that everyone was like come on when's this going to happen <laughs> you know everyone universally agrees that an hour and a half was way too long for for that i think luke smith gave a, gave a good analogy though they're like you know basically you know the doors open at this time shows at this time if they would have communicated it more like like okay you know come you know a little bit we're going to be doing some things like with it, you know, and then give kind of a time some frame idea. more that's yeah. like more specific than maybe yeah, temp- temper expectations. Yep. Yeah. Or my other suggestion was to be able to go in other places to see it in the world and go on to like, you know, uh, easy and you'll be able to see it or go yeah, on. That'd be cool. You know, yeah. So that was my, that was my other suggestion. And everything that way you could play the game and you didn't have to just sit there and stare at the sky for an hour and a half so back to your question about sunsetting that is another reason that i that i decided that it was that i could just blast everything that i owned all, everything out of the vault and and all my armor and stuff it's like you know what if it's going to get sunset all my all, everything i've got here i'm not going to be able to fuse it infuse it up past you know october or whatever so We'll just start over from scratch and then I'll have all new stuff that'll be good for a year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna do here pretty soon too. Once the closer we get to beyond light, yep, I'll be I'll be destroying some things in my vault. So Oh, my sons will come in and see me in the vault. They used to see me sitting in the vault. I w- I'll spend hours, hours just in my vault going Okay, which which of these two go figures is slightly better, you know? <laughs> and I'll look at the stats and I'll maybe take them into the EDZ and shoot a couple. It's like, I haven't used this gun in a year. Why am I even hanging on to it at all? But I'll stress over what to keep and what to delete. It It's a whole game within the game is is trying to keep your vault from exploding. I have one character and I max that vault out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... I've, I've, it's an age old problem. <laughs> yeah. Ever since the original Destiny. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, one, one last, um, uh, I guess one last thing about that, about the, the starting over, um, is that I, I think my goal here in the fall when, and I, I really hadn't decided if I was going to come back until they did their big reveal a few weeks ago. Uh, is to play it and be less concerned about the perfect build and just cornholio to your point just shoot things (laughs) 
take what they give me, go shoot things. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to want you know, better, though, too. Sure. Right? No, it, no, it, no. It, it's okay, too. Right. Oh, I, I'm sorry. That was uh, the, what my point there about the, the other part of stepping away from the game, doing a hard break, is the addictive quality to a game like this. You get that little dopamine rush every time a, an exotic engram drops, or you get a you get a gun with a new roll, or you have the, another, a new engram to go back and cash in, and it's that it's an addictive quality to it, and I recognize it, and I'm like, I, I can't even have it on my Xbox, where I, if I see like I've, I'm staying up on the news for this season, and the Umbral engrams and the Forge Farm, if I if I still had my character on here. I guarantee you, I'd have fired up Destiny, I'd have ran that sucker overnight, several nights in a row, and gotten a bunch of those umbral engrams doing forge farming. I, I would have just, and then I'd have been sucked back in. And uh, there goes my summer. So <laughs> I just thought, nope, I'm going to remove temptation. If if I have to start over from scratch with a brand new character with no materials, no guns in the vault, it's gonna, I'll be less incentivized to to give in to the temptation to come back and play the game. Mm-hmm. I I can relate. I I mean I can uh, I can respect that. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's you. There's a long story. Sorry, I took up so much time, but that's the God's it was a really good truth. story. Like it really good. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to check out the YouTube video. That's that's really cool. And and let me ask you this. Do you feel better about the game now that we got the reveal that we did from Bungie? Does it make you feel better about the whole? Yes. And I can see by the questions that are coming up, we'll get into some of the reasons why uh, I, I feel better. But there was, it seems like when, when the, when the ship hits the sand, so to speak, uh, and things are and the game is at a low point, Bungie starts to really open up and be more forthcoming with their plans, and there's more transparency. And I feel like this last go around with the reveal and Luke Smith's Q and A that he did with um, with Lupo, it's it feels like it's they've been more transparent and more open about. Hey, the game's not where we want it to be. We're not happy. It doesn't feel. Luke Smith said this a while ago. It doesn't feel like Destiny. Um, I'm not happy with the amount of FOMO he said uh, that's in the game. So it it really felt like a sincere sort of, yep, it's gone in a direction we're not happy with either. And we 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 hear you. It's not, and it's not just the we're listening meme. You know, we actually do hear you, and we're making some concrete steps to make changes. Um, I thought a lot of the changes that they announced coming in the fall, again, that we'll get into here in a little bit, I thought were phenomenal. And I, I do feel better about, I don't feel better about the game this season necessarily, because it looks, this season's course was already set, you know, probably nine months ago. So, and it is, it looks like essentially more of the same. It's more go to the tower, grind a crap ton of bounties, level up some things that are essentially like Seraph Towers. And I have just no interest in doing that kind of busy work. So. I don't regret missing this season yep. for that part, but it does make me more excited for bigger changes that they have in store for the fall. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's great. So now moving on to 
a little bit of a different topic. Since we last had a live podcast, a lot has changed. The world has gone through so much. We had the impact of COVID-19. We had the events that occurred with um, the police brutality. And the world is in a very different place. Um, how would you say, Jitney, you have been impacted by all of the different events that have occurred this year? Well, I've been, first of all, I'm extremely grateful that I happen to be, have a career that's essential. When starting off with the COVID-19 thing, when everyone went into lockdown, everyone started, people started working from home that were able to work from home. And the having electricity is more important than ever, you know, because now we really, everyone really is totally dependent on having their power on all the time. So there was, there was never a, a question about employment problems. And my, and my wife works at a, a university here in Spokane, uh, Washington, where we live, and she's in the mailroom. So she, the, the mail services are an essential service. So neither of us lost any income. Um, I, I was I was allowed to start working from home. My company set me up essentially with the equivalent of my office uh, cubicle at home, and I'm, I can I've got my company truck here. I just haven't missed a beat. So um, I'm just super super grateful uh, f that the, we haven't been financially impacted at all. My kids. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to have them at a private school. It's a small school. Uh, and they adapted to an online uh, curriculum essentially in a matter of like five days. They had it up and running. So my kids finished school academically uh, right on track where they should be. Um, tests, daily classes, all that stuff. So um, as far as that impact, uh, the the pandemic, we haven't really felt that impact. We're we're kind of homebodies as a family anyway. We we like to do our hobbies inside. My boys are gamers. My wife loves to knit, so she'll sit and knit all night. Um, so it really wasn't it really wasn't that big of a change. We just we couldn't go to church on Sundays, but my church live streamed service every Sunday. So you know, it would actually became more convenient. We could roll out of bed, go down to the sofa, turn on the church service, and we were done, and we were already home. So. You know, it was, uh, that part has not, I haven't really felt a negative impact there at all. The, the, the all the protests though, that's been, and the, the, all the social change that has erupted around that has been, uh, sobering because you find it, it it's a, it's a change long overdue. Uh, it's it's a a national awareness that should have been at this height decades ago. Um, it's just uh, uh, it's so heartbreaking that it took such tragedy, repeated tragedy, uh, for it to finally reach its breaking point. Um, and it's sort of it's 
it's pushed people to make a choice to take a position and uh for better or worse i think that's a good thing um and for me uh it has that's where it's had impact um i live in a conservative part of the country the west part of washington state from the cascades to the coast is um is very much a typical large metropolitan um uh coastal uh, uh area so it's got it, it's very progressive for the most part um and uh th- there's a whole vibe around the seattle portland area that i totally dig and i i love every time i go there i however live on a very i live a, like i said i'm only a few minutes from idaho uh literally it's like 15 20 minutes and i'm at the state line very red state right and so i live in the red half of a blue state um and even though i am fairly conservative by just by just who i am i have i have fairly progressive political leanings and when i throw up on facebook when general mattis marine four star general comes out with a with a very blatant article about how we have a person in the white house that's not unifying our country in this time but further dividing it and i repost that my my very conservative friends here all of a sudden stop interacting with me so that's the impact uh if something happens you strongly believe in and you take a stand sometimes it's going to cost you and sometimes that's okay because if the cause is worth fighting for then you know it's then yep. that's where we're trying to get to you know it's yep. like get people to finally open their eyes you know yeah to see see what you know it's been happening and you know it's like yes there was this was a tragedy but if there is any good that can come out of this it's just people being more aware of you know just be a better person yeah i I wish this wasn't such a polarizing event uh moment um but it it feels like um it feels i think we're i think this generation today is getting a getting a taste of what um the generation before me went through like i said i was born in 62 so i was very very young during all the the martin luther king times right i was just a little kid but my parents and my older siblings i'm the youngest of four my oldest sister is 12 years older than me she was in right there the social thick of it like a lot of our gamers that play destiny and are in in that age group the 20s 30s 40s somethings you guys are feeling what the first go around of uh the civil rights movement went through and it must have, I, I got to imagine it must have been this tense and polarizing then as it is now. Mm-hmm. The difference is the internet can make it like exponentially compounded feeling because you have this bombardment of information all the time. And if you're not, like I said earlier, if you're not wise with how you're taking in your information, you can sit in an echo chamber and just get worked up to a froth and a frenzy over whatever your your pet peeve is. Also, too, everybody being locked up and confined mm-hmm. due yeah. to COVID, you know, it just, you take a pressure cooker and what happens, you know, when it, too much pressure, yeah. it just explodes. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, and and definitely great points. And Jitney, thank you so much for being so open and honest and candid uh, with us. Um, definitely appreciate that. And um, Shadow Price, do you want to share anything about your experience in the last three, four months since the whole lockdown with COVID? Uh, it's basically been hunkering down inside, you know, just uh, being able to myself also being in the position that I am being able to work from home has been, you know, truly, you know, a godsend and everything. Um, you know, it hasn't affected me as much as, you know, the next person, you know, but I have, you know, I did have to make some changes, you know, I, I had to get some of my groceries delivered for, you know, a good month or more and everything. Cause I was just, I didn't want to go in the store, you know, out of, you know, I didn't want to, it wasn't so much that I got it. I didn't want to give it to anybody else and everything. Um, you know, that's, I didn't want to be the one to like pass it on to, you know, my kids or, and then then pass it on to other people and everything, you know? So like, I just, I did what I could with social distancing and being inside. And, you know, just recently, like I had a few of my friends over on Memorial day, you know, I had a barbecue and I had my dad and my brother and, you know, what our, one of our friends, you know, uh, two of our friends, uh, and everything come over here and, uh, did a little cooking out and, you know, just, you know, we had a small get together, nothing, you know, it was five people and everything. You know, so to feel some sort of normalcy and everything. But and now our state in New York has finally we're starting to come down. We're on the other side of the curve and everything. You know, it's like we are because we have been following the guidelines for so long. And yeah. Everything. So, yeah, Um. I think for me, um, the last few months have been very, very humbling uh, because it made me realize one how grateful I am and how fortunate I am to be in a place where I can work from home and uh, I got to work from home the entire time of the lockdown and I didn't miss a single paycheck no issues you know we we are a very dedicated group and and I'm very grateful for for my employer and for teams that I work with to enable me to work from home and to do what I do. And um, I'm, I'm very grateful for that and to be able to keep working and, and keep paying my bills during a time when there is so much uncertainty and so much volatility yeah. in the world, you know, and I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And I moved here at a pretty good time as well, where if I had moved to Florida, even a month later, it would be a lot more difficult for me in, in so many ways. So I'm extremely grateful. Um, I did also, unfortunately, lose a family member uh, due to COVID. Um, one of my cousins passed away, which is unfortunate. It's, it's sad. And um, even you realize that it's not something you can control. And it makes you really appreciate life and realize how fragile it is. Um, and it also gives you a sense of urgency with what we're dealing with. And that's why I think I'm a little 
wary about, you know, everything opening back up because for me, it's like, it feels like it's just too soon. Like I have not gone back to the gym because for me, I feel like it's not safe for me to go to the gym. The gym should not even be open. It's like you can work out from home. Like, and with cases kind of going up in Florida, it, it definitely makes me a little bit more wary. Um, so that's kind of where I am with COVID. Um, I'm just, you know, really grateful. And um, I learned a lot in terms of just appreciating what you have, appreciating the people around you who support you and um, just being able to do what I do. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really hard. Yep. I, I, um, hundred percent that you, you've mentioned the, a word there a couple of times that I said too, and that's great. Grateful. One thing I've been telling my kids or as I've been working with them through this, uh, the sacrifices of being home and there's, you know, there's end of year school activities they didn't get, they missed out on. And, um, is just gratitude. Start every day with just think of one thing that you're grateful for and just think about, just focus on that that day. Next day, pick something else. And you realize, holy crap, I have so much to be thankful for. I am blessed beyond measure compared to a lot of other folks. So it's, I think that attitude of gratitude really can carry you through, uh, uh, stressful times, trying times. Uh, yeah. Definitely. And it's, it's really a time unlike any other. Um, I think for me, I also ordered deliveries. You know, I didn't really go out to the store as much. Um, and I was walking my dog and, you know, um, because I have to, to let him out, but I, wasn't really socializing and even now I feel like it's we're not fully safe yet um but yeah it's it's a really interesting time and uh you know regarding the whole police brutality events that occurred I mean I I think that we do need to shine light into what's actually happening in the world because for me I've Heard about cases of police injustice, but I didn't realize how widespread it was. Because in my my mind, I'm not a racist person. So all people as equals and in the same light as just human beings. Yeah. So it was very eye opening to kind of learn about some of the things that are going on in the world that I was probably oblivious to because again i live in my reality and my reality does not consist of racism or segregation um and i'm i'm really happy to see uh police reform i think that it is necessary um you know i think that and i don't like to talk about politics but i i believe that a police officer should be someone that you are happy to see and who is there to help you. And yet, if you look at our society, more often than not, when you are approached by a police officer, you are like, you're, you, the feeling that you have isn't that positive feeling. It's more that, what did yeah. I do wrong? Yeah. And I don't think it should be that way. And I think there are countries and societies that look at 
the role that police play in our society is very different than how we do. And I, I think there needs to be more of a change in that because I, I don't think that police should be there to write tickets. I think they should be there to lend a hand. If you see a, a lady crossing the street and she's old, help her. You know what I mean? And that's that's why I that's what I think police should be there for. But again, I don't want to turn this into a political discussion. Um, and uh, I think that's all I will say on that. Anyways, that was a pretty heavy discussion. <laughs> um, these things are good. They're good to I, talk I about, though. They're, these things are important to talk about. So thank you for thank you for making the time. Definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and thank you for contributing to the conversation and um and sharing your experience with us. And uh same to you, Shadow Price. Are you guys back to your offices or are you still working from home? Still working from home here. I'm gonna be uh, um I'm go ahead. Uh I was gonna say I'm back at the office, but it is an optional thing. Um our company has been really, really, really great about letting us transition at the pace that we're comfortable. Um, so most days I come into the office, but there might be a day where I feel like I just need to be alone and just work on stuff because it's funny because I feel like when I go to the office, sometimes like there's a bit of socialization that, you know, sometimes I, I, I would just want to get stuff done. Uh, and I like that. Um, balance also yeah i'm i'm at home until at least the first of september and i i'm totally fine with that <laughs> i'm hoping it goes and i think my company's going to do what they're going to do what like your company did and or you can go back to work if you're comfortable and i i fully believe that i'm going to have the option to continue to work from home probably indefinitely uh i think they're they're finding i think a lot of companies are finding that wow, you know, we can experience a lot of efficiencies by not having this huge building with the power on and all the AC and all the computers all the time, you know? Um, so. Definitely. And I'm more productive at home for that very reason that you just said too about distractions. Holy smokes, in office, you know, chats and stuff like that that come up makes me nuts. Even when I put my headphones on, that's kind of my do not disturb sign at the office. People still come up and tap me on the shoulder. I'm like, can't you see I'm working here? But at home, I go down to my office, close the door. No one bugs me. So cool thing. At my job, we have a podcasting room. And yes, a legitimate podcasting room. And what I like to do is when it's free, because sometimes it's not, because I'm not the only one who likes to kind of lock myself in. Um, but I do like to go there to just be alone and not have any chatter around me and I can just focus on getting stuff yeah. done. So anyways, uh, I, I think we can safely move on to something a little bit lighter. And we have a question directly from Shadow Price. And I'm sure Shadow Price can ask you that one himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jitney, uh, you're an army vet, right? Yep. Um, uh, so. My question is, uh, where were you stationed uh, and what was your MOS and what was also your favorite place you visited while you were in? I was a, um, I was a 12 Charlie, which is an officer rank. I was an armor officer. So I was a tank commander and a tank platoon leader. 
And um, then a battalion uh, was the battalion adjutant for a 595 uh, soldier tank battalion. I was stationed um, in two places. I was in for six years on active duty um, in Fort Knox, Kentucky, and then in uh, Vilsack, Germany for three years. And then I got stationed again back at Fort Knox, Kentucky. And it was there that uh, my wife and I decided that we wanted to settle down in one spot to start our family. So we, I left on a high note and uh, we found our way back to the Northwest where I'm, we're both from. Favorite wow. place hmm. that I lived or visited? Uh, visited. Oh boy. Cause we visited a fair number of places when I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, dang. Uh, I'd have to say, um, I, I really fell in love with Bavaria, which is where we lived. Um, it, so South, Southeast Germany. Um, there was mm-hmm. just so many, every little hamlet, every little village was just charming and beautiful and well-kept. <laughs> and as you, as you picture, if, you, if you've ever owned anything made in Germany, it's all very well-engineered and everything has a place and a purpose. And it's like the whole country represents that. It's like, they're just this very, yeah. you know, they're just this very like structurally oriented community. And, uh, uh, no, it was, but this, I was there in the nineties. So from 90, uh, we were in Germany from 92 to 95. Um, and, uh, I don't know if it's still the same, but then everything shuts down on a Sunday. I mean, no stores don't bother going to the store. You go to the store on Saturday morning because at about noon on Saturday, everything shuts down and then nothing opens up again until Monday. And, um, and you just, you chill and relax and you go on folks marches, which are essentially just, you know, hikes through the woods or you go to, if it's fest season, you find a fest to go to on Saturday night and have the most amazing fest beer and, and mm-hmm. roast chicken and bread. And, oh gosh, nah, I, I, we, when we moved back to the States, I'm like, gosh, if there's a way I'd figure out how to move back there and live, I would never did obviously, but um, yeah, I, Fell my wife and I both just deeply fell in love with Southern Germany. Yeah, that's funny because of the jobs I work. Like I, you know, I've seen Vilsack and Fort Knox. Vilsack oh, okay. a lot. I mean, of I've never been there or anything like that. But the you know the job I do, I I saw a lot of vouchers come in from Vilsack oh. <laughs> and things okay. like that. Um, so you know, um, yeah, and I the whole engineering in like Germany the things that are made there are you know built to last and all right they take a lot of pride in their work i mean uh-huh. that's kind of like how i have a diesel amplifier because i like to i'm a i like to play you know, i'm a part-time musician and everything so and i bought that amp back in november and it, it's engineered and you know they built it in germany and it's it, the thing's a tank it, yeah. it's, it, it's amazing i love the sound i get out of it and it's just it it was one of my greatest purchases I've ever made and everything. So I'm just I know exactly what you mean when things are built to last there. Yeah. You know, so that's really cool, you know, that you traveled to lots of places and you know, it's just that's 
I was, uh, like I said, I, before I was a 51 Romeo, I was in an engineer unit. Um, so I, I was an interior electrician <laughs> basically. And we did, we did like mostly carpentry and masonry and electrical and things like that, you know, for mm -hmm. the different, I was in Fort Sill. That's where okay. I was. Um, not too many things there in Fort Sill. <laughs> um, a very dry climate, actually. Yeah. Um, and but uh, you know, made the best of it while I was there. I was only in for three years because then I got out and I wanted to go to school and got my degree in meteorology and everything. So GI Bill helped a little bit, I bet. What's that? GI Bill help you? Yeah. Yep. It did. It did. Yep. There were some great little benefits to service, man. Yep. My son's enlisting in the Air Force, so he's uh, waiting for his appointment to go off to basic, and uh, he's just kind of done with school. He's like, I, I don't want to go to college right now. I just want to go. I want to go have a job. I want to wear a uniform. I want to serve my country a little bit and have an adventure. And so I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really awesome. Now, so, Jitney, we have some really exciting things to look to in the future one of which we have next generation consoles coming um are you excited about the ps5 and the xbox series x and will you be picking up if you'd asked me this question two weeks ago i would have said no <laughs> but since uh a couple th tidbits of information that have come out from Bungie about how the game's going to play on these new platforms has got me rethinking that. So, and, and I've, I've mentioned my friend, Henna Ojisan, the guy that got me to play destiny. Um, and I told him when I told him I deleted everything and I, I'm out of the game for a while. He was like, Oh man, I was hoping we could get back together and start playing again. I'm like, cause I've been playing solo mostly for the better part of a year. That's a whole different story, but um, uh, when the reveal, the Bungie reveal came out and they started releasing little bits of, yep, the game's going to play at 60 frames and it's going to be at 4K, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't, I wouldn't have to get a gaming rig. I could, that is a gaming rig. I mean, it's it's going to have the fidelity of a PC, and that combined with the announcements to the changes of the game in the fall, my answer now is yes but I will probably just get the Xbox and not the PlayStation because um, I started out on Xbox uh, and I built a friends list there. I still have, a, I still play with them when I was up until a month ago when I was still playing, I'd still occasionally play with my friends on Xbox and my PS4 friends list is like four people. So uh, I, I won't get a PS5 but I probably will get the refrigerator um, and probably this Christmas. Yeah, I think for me, I'm probably going to be picking up both an Xbox Series X and a PS5 for different reasons. Um, the Xbox, just so I can play with friends on the Xbox, I guess. Um, and it's going to be more powerful. So, and I have Game Pass, so... Just for those yeah. reasons, I figured, you know, might as well. Now, with my PlayStation, I have a PSVR. So just for that alone, to have a better PSVR huh. experience, I'm going to get a PS5. Um, plus, you know, exclusive games. I'm a gamer. I'm a nerd. 
and I have all the consoles. So for me, it kind of makes sense to just, you know, splurge and get both. Bungie announcing that that crossplay is in their future was a, you know, that they're hoping to bring that. Yeah, that was really, that was a really big deal. I I think that next year, I think it's going to happen. We're at crossplay. Yep. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And also, um, for me, I have a PC, so I think the PC will remain my primary platform for Destiny. But I think it's going to be really cool, especially next year, being able to play with your friends. And even if they are on different platforms, I think that's going to be really cool. Um, but for now, it's going to be cool to play Destiny in 60 frames. Have you heard anything about Field of View? If either of those new consoles are going to have adjustable Field of View? Um, I did not hear anything about it, but that's a really good point. That would be really interesting to see how they handle that. Yep. I'm hoping so. If they've got that much horsepower in those machines, gosh, I'd, I I got to think that 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 be a, an, a field of view would be adjustable. Because I played I played a little Destiny uh, last summer at a friend's place on his PC on a on a nice big wide monitor, and it was like holy smokes! Look at the I just like I have a third more screen is what it felt like. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I play with pretty high field of view. Um, I think it's like at 90 or, or 100. Um, but that's because I I, I have a uh, pretty beefy computer. I have a i7 7700K with a GTX 1080 Ti. So I can push I can push the limits on my computer pretty pretty high. Um so I've been enjoying it a lot. And that's that's another reason why like I primarily play games on the PC because it just simply runs better on PC. And I I do have a high refresh monitor. Um Shadow Price, are you picking up a PS5 or Xbox Series X? I think I think I will at some point i'm not sure at launch i i may but i also game on pc and you know it, destiny 2 looks amazing on pc you know so and yeah. tons of other games as well um and now consoles finally be able to you know have parity with you know pc so it's like it's it's cool that consoles finally caught up to that, you know, and you know they're going to be able to take advantage of you know, the new architecture in those systems, you know, with uh, hardware accelerated ray tracing and things like that. Um, so that's really cool, and it's exciting. Definitely. Don't know how well my TV is suited for that because I just have a basic run of the mill 4K TV. I think it can do motion rate 120. So I think it can do 4K 60, but it 4K 60 it should be able to do. Yeah. Um, it's just anything above it, and for me, it's I can play in high frames on my computer. And right. I've been playing for years, so am I going to get a console for Destiny? Probably not, and especially if crossplay is coming next year then it's less necessary yeah. to do. However, 
I am excited to play the other games that are coming out, right? There's going to be a Halo game coming out on the new Xbox. That's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, although it might actually come out for the PC as well. And if you have so Game Pass, then you're that. already golden. You already got that game day one. Oh. And, oh. We, and we, I have, anyway, I have it too. And I will be yeah. there. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what an awesome... What an awesome discussion. We I feel we talked about so many different things here. And uh, finally, we can talk about something that will be coming very shortly. And that is Beyond Light. We, we're not too far away from that. September 22nd is the official release date for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. And... We recently had a reveal by Bungie. Bungie put together a live stream revealing the fall expansion. And uh, we have some new places we'll be visiting. We have some new characters that we're going to be introduced to. And also we're going to get to see some returning characters too. So I guess my question is, what do you guys think about the Bungie reveal that we got a few weeks ago. Jenny, you can go first. I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, thanks. Um, I I thought it was, I, th- I think what we're seeing, and, and uh, there's been a lot of people that have speculated about this, is we're seeing Destiny 3. This is once in the game's life cycle where this is when Destiny 3 would have come out. Um, and it's kind of cool to to see it just melded into the existing game, not have that reset like we did between D1 and D2. Um, and that's what's exciting about it to me for where I'm at with the game is that this is, I, I'm really hopeful that this is going to feel like a, a almost not 100% new experience. Uh, I mean, I hope they don't go back to, you know, the slow movement and uh, fixed weapon rules. But um, I think this there's going to be this new influx of content that's going to really refresh the experience for everybody. So uh, I, I, I was excited about the idea of the, the Destiny content vault. Um, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all that they're taking out four or five locations or whatever. Uh, uh, it, it, I think there's just so much opportunity for the game to to be refreshed this fall uh and they they the way they spelled that out in the in the live reveal i thought was just that was most most exciting reveal i've seen them do since i've started playing the game definitely and I, i agree i think it was a much needed reveal for bungie bungie really needed to come out with something and i think they over delivered in this situation yeah i agree um I think that we learned a lot, and I think that we got a level of transparency from Bungie that we've never seen mm-hmm. before. I don't, I, I never recall a time for Bungie to announce the working titles of the next three expansions, not just the upcoming expansion with the right. Light. That was crazy. Uh, and we learned, we learned 2020 Destiny 2 Beyond Light is coming to all platforms 2021 we're getting destiny 2 the witch queen and in 2022 
finally, we have something called Destiny 2 Lightfall. Now, me and Shadow Price have talked about this in pretty great length. And I'm curious, Jitney, what is your feeling on Destiny 2 Lightfall? What do you think that will be? Do you think that will mark the final chapter in the Destiny universe? I kind of have. That's my hunch, is that it will. Um, I mean, there, Bungie's working on another IP. Uh, and and really, in we've all played games long enough to know that nothing lasts forever, right? Um, everything has its its zenith and its uh, and its uh, decline to uh, to hist- into history. So I I, I really kind of have a hunch that that's uh, that's going to be the last chapter. Yeah, he said it's all going to drive to a moment. Yeah, basically. So there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to be i'm guessing catastrophic to really like you know a a world changing event a game changing event probably Uh and we're going to see we're going to have to have it we're going to there's gonna be a decision i feel like a crossroads that we're going to come to and we'll just see how that plays out yeah, I'm I'm really excited to learn what that will be because the title itself, Lightfall, that just really paints a narrative of a company that's building a game that's going to essentially just collide. Something big will happen where our light will literally fall. And uh I'm I'm curious to see what Bungie does with the expansion in 2022 but that's a long ways from what we're going to be playing pretty soon with beyond light this september and i for one am excited and we did learn quite a few things about beyond light and we learned about the new approach that bungie has with the game and also some of the things that will be changing we have new destinations that are coming and I'm sure Shadow Price is really excited about this. We're going to go to Europa. Yeah, the place that's been pretty much in the concept, you know, art. We've we've seen the concept art since Destiny 1 of Europa. And to be able to finally go there is just going to be really, really cool. Like, because... Oh, I totally agree. From what we saw in that totally trailer, there, like, there was some really interesting environments that they showed there like that that the that mob that robot that was just floating around like remind me of something from star wars almost like everything like that was in the trailer so i think if we see a lot of that that's going to be really really fun you know to to play that new that new content yeah definitely definitely and not only that, they're going to be bringing back the Cosmodrome in the fall, too. Yep, we're going to go back to the Cosmodrome. And you know what I'm really happy about? I'm really happy that it's not just the Cosmodrome. And I know we talked about this outside of the podcast, but like the one thing that I did not necessarily like about Shadowkeep is how we got one returning destination, but there was nothing new in terms of destinations. And I kind of wish 
they gave us more. Uh, so it's really, really encouraging to see us get Europa and them returning the Cosmodrome, which is a really like uh, sentimental mm-hmm. place. It's where it all yep. began. But it's not the fully fleshed out Cosmodrome yet, is it? That's the good yeah. point. It's not. It's they're going to be bringing it back in in yep. parts, in different phases. Which uh, I think that is fine. I'm okay with that because you know they're they're working within their means, and I'd rather have something than get nothing. So the fact that they're bringing it back in phases, I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm excited to go back and play on the Cosmodrome. You know, it was when the when Shadowkeep came out. I spent an evening just going down into the Hellmouth and down into the other cave systems just to re-explore. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, this room is still here. And that thing is, you know, it's, you know, it was fun to go back in. I mean, I, I could fire up D1 and do the same thing, but it was to be able to do it with my D2 character and all of his gear and being able to like, you know, to shelf or vault, whatever, what's the term when, you know, when you, when you, um, when you jump and you, just missed the ledge, but you can climb. You can climb up, right? Yeah. Next year, they're going to fully flesh it out to. Uh, the, it was in all of year one, uh, in Destiny one. Like they'll fully realize it next year. And what do you guys think of the content vault? I love the idea of the content vault. It's genius. It. Yep, it is. It's genius. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the idea, and I mean. Being able to play Vault of Glass again, I think that's a really exciting prospect. And I'm sorry, but Vault of Glass is my favorite raid. And being able to experience that raid again, I think that's a really, really good change for Bungie. And 60 frames and, and a also, above, you know, on our PCs. And, yeah, and, and also, overall, the content vault, in my opinion, it allows them to reuse the assets they already have in the game that they created and still keep the world feeling fresh and i think that's a great way to do that because you can always bring back destinations that are really really cool just add new enemy new enemies new um loot and they can do some really cool things without having to use as much resources into building new worlds so i think that's a positive change. I think it's going to keep things fun, especially with the new cadence in uh, content that we're getting in the game, because I feel like Bungie is pretty much releasing anything major and substantial once a year. They're not doing anything more frequently than that. I I think the seasonal content is more of filler to kind of keep us entertained while they work on the next Yeah, thing. I'm really curious what this next set of seasons is going to be like. Uh, they're obviously not going to repeat the seasonal model they had from this past year because it's it just hasn't landed well. Uh, but they they are, if you've looked at the price points for, um, for the fall expansion, you can buy just the expansion or you can pay a little more and pay for the seasons in advance too, kind of like when... Cha- when um, Forsaken came out, so I'm really curious how their what the new seasonal model is going to look like. 
Yeah, I mean, I I like it a lot because there's a lot of amazing content in D1. And, you know, they brought up a good point during that live stream. They're like, you know, we do have all this amazing content that's just like kind of trapped there in that game and everything. And it's like, you know, it's like that was a mistake. They shouldn't have like reset our characters completely when Uh they did D2 and everything. And they're like, so let's not do that again. And let's, you know... Let's bring, you know, the best parts of Destiny into Destiny 2. Have you guys gone back and played D1 recently? Yes, Yes, we did. We did a lot in the month of April. So let me ask you this. Did the, because I went back and played a little bit after I deleted D2. I I just went and dinked around in D1 a little bit. I'm like, gosh, I hate the way my Guardian moves. (laughs) I've just become so accustomed to the movement. Uh, in in D two, and how customized all my equipment, and everything is. It's like if I now I get the best of both worlds coming up, right? I get you'll have all of the the smoothed out and sort of refined movement mechanics of D two, and you get back to go back and play them in those D one environments like Vault of Glass and the Cosmodrome, and hopefully we'll see Wrath of the Machine come back and those things later. I. Yeah, Wrath of the Machine. I think they will. I think it will. And I think like things like Prison of Elders will come back too. And I thought that was great. I I still think that was the best horde mode like activity that they've ever done was Prison of Elders. I loved Prison of Elders. I thought it was it was just so fun going in there, listening to Varric's talk, and Mm -hmm. and you know, and the loot was actually really good and the encounters were fun too. Like and Skolas was just oh my god, he was such a difficult boss but such a, a cool fight though at the time yep. yeah so. definitely so we can all agree that this the content vault is a genius idea it's going to make the game better it's going to give the developers a little bit more leverage lots of leverage create content yep. a lot of leverage and uh, it's overall a positive change for the game, and I'm really happy they're bringing this into the game. Yeah, because just think about the sizes of all those locations, like that they're, you know, they're they're get they're putting in the vault, you know, and then bringing stuff back, you know. They're, and they're, they're, they're yeah, and all their associated uh, law yeah. sectors and strikes too. All the strikes, all law sectors and adventures. That's like Titan, Io, Mercury, Mars, and the Leviathan. The Leviathan's huge. Yeah, Leviathan has. So many areas, like because you have not just the Leviathan, you have Spire of Stars, you have Eater of Worlds, and you have the Menagerie, and everything. Those are all parts of Leviathan and Crown of Sorrow. Yeah, and the Tribute Hall, and the Tribute Hall. So hopefully they give us a new kind of like shooting gallery and trophy room and everything. I hope so. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't really. I'm not going to miss the Leviathan that oh, much yeah. because, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. How often have we played on the Leviathan? Not that often. No. At this point, you go back to it it's to dead weight. some of the things that you, you know, didn't do in prior seasons. And I go back it. there to finish Catalyst. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, so and bounties. That's fine. You know, they need to make the game leaner. They can't just keep adding to the game. I understand that, and I I respect that. That's fine. I I don't mind them removing destinations as long as they're replacing them with other things in the game. You know, 
so I'm okay with that. I think that's going to be a good thing. Now, we did also briefly talk about the Witch Queen and Lightfall in 2022. Do you guys think we're going to ever get a Destiny 3? No. I don't I don't think so. Not uh, not for a long time. Um just because he, they basically said they are all in on Destiny 2. Like I feel like yeah. they're go- they're making the changes that they need to go into the next generation of consoles sounds like they're doing some changes under the hood possibly upgrading the engine and um not only just upgrading but maybe like go into a new engine altogether eventually uh that probably won't happen until sometime next year but um yeah i feel like and they're doing this you know they're doing all these things because they're setting it up for you know and that's why they revealed everything that they did because they're this is the most transparent they've ever been you know giving us the next three years of destiny definitely two and we know also that destiny 2 not only is it coming to the ps4 and the xbox series x not only will it run at 4k 60 which is really impressive but we're also getting intergenerational crossplay. So if you are playing on Xbox One, I'm playing on Xbox Series X, guess what? We can play together. If I'm on the PS4, you're on the PS5, we can play together. I think that's a great, great step. And not only that, but they kind of hinted at something even bigger that's coming in 2021, where it will be a full integration of xbox and playstation and pc players playing together and i think that's going to be a really 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 exciting um change in the game that's going to make it excites me for pve it frightens the crap out of me for pvp <laughs> um you know i look i think that it's gonna work fine just like any other game just like fortnite can exist where you can have cross play and how Apex just announced they're going to be introducing crossplay. They can make it work essentially by giving players an option. Do you want to be match made against people, you know, against the other platform? Give people that choice. That's one. You give people a choice. If you want to be part of the loot pool or the pool of players that plays against PC and all the other platforms, you can choose that option. If you just want to play against the people on your platform they can do that and also i think that bungie is working on balancing the game or balancing the armor and the weapons based on pvp and pve so that way there is a separate balance and i i think that's something they're working towards yeah crossplay is the future like you know for all game you know all gaming across all of the platforms and all different kinds of genres and you know with the these systems they they should be able to accomplish that you know they these these new systems are going to have some deep machine learning you know be able to do ray tracing be able to have many things on screen at the same time and explosive uh environments you know so more than ever these we should be able to have this in Destiny to probably 
next year. I believe them. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be really cool to play yeah. with all our friends. And not absolutely. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna and, and, I'm gonna show my ignorance here because I wasn't around in 2014 playing this game. So, um, or on plat or on platforms, right? So there was Xbox 360. D one came out for the Xbox 360 as well as PS3. Xbox one correct so you didn't have like ps3 to ps4 was not intergenerational play no okay no it wasn't no they were they were walled off gardens too as well Hmm. and then when rise of iron came out that's when they that's when that's the cutoff point when yeah 360 and ps3 yep and they were just completely cut off from any new content which, I mean, I understand, you know, the consoles become much more powerful and are able to handle a lot more in terms of the game. And there comes a point where the last generational console is holding back the game from really reaching its full do think, potential. And do you think that requirement, do you think they'll hit that threshold in the next three years? Where, where they go, I, yeah. you just, your, your Xbox I, One S just isn't going to hack it anymore. Let me put it this way. I think we're going to continue to get content for Xbox One and PS4 at least for the next two, three years. And just based on that, based on the announcements for content next year and the year after, I don't see those pieces of content not being available on Xbox One and PS4. I see them cutting support after that. After that, if they even continue with Destiny as a franchise, sure, yeah, absolutely, you're totally right. Um, But we don't know. We don't know what's coming after that final announcement that was made in 2022. Yeah, I mean, because let's see, the 360 had an 11-year life cycle, basically. Like, it got cut off in 2016 when they said, yeah, no Rise of Iron coming to 360. Or anything like that you know they got taken king but they didn't get rise of iron and everything but that's a long so do you, time do you, do you guys think do you guys think it's possible that they will support this generation of hardware until maybe 2021 and then say we can't really continue 2023 this? i feel like i, oh, I well 2023 yeah. wow so you think there's going to be content in destiny until 2023 uh yeah they're the new whatever's in 2023 I, I think that's the cutoff point because why would they announce it on a live stream like that far ahead? Like basically, but not saying like that it wasn't, you know, couldn't come to those platforms when Xbox has basically said, you know, that we're going to be able to support these devices for a couple more years. You know, that's why they have the smart delivery system that you're going to be have the best version of that game wherever you're playing. Like, if you're playing on the Series X, that is the pinnacle. You're going to have the best version of that game. And then, you know, it will basically... The the law of dimension returns after that. Yeah, I met in this console, like, in the Xbox, like, ecosystem. Yeah. So. Okay. Last question about hardware. Is there a possibility that we're going to get Destiny on the Switch? Oh, man. (laughs) 
Is it ever going to happen? I, Nintendo, if you're listening, I think to if this? it was going to happen, would have happened already. Like, yeah. I think that's, I think that ship sailed. I, I'm giving up on the dream. Like, I let me give you a little bit of hope. I'm going to give you a glimmer of hope. Here's here's why. Just today, EA announced Apex Legends will be coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I mean it's a battle royale game. You know, it's they got Fortnite. They got that back yeah. in 2018. Um, so it only makes sense that for a game like that, the problem with Destiny, it's persistent, like always online. But there's, it's just, it's huge. Do you it's, see the size? It's so massive. On, yeah, yeah, on consoles, like it's, <laughs> they would have to do so much downgrading to be able to bring it to Switch, and I just don't think that little four gigs of RAM will be able to. No, if it was just the Crucible, it. I could, it, I could see it. If, yeah. if if they could just if if they split out if just it was D one I could see it if it was D one yeah, maybe even D one yeah yeah but like we need the new switch the new switch yes it could come to the new switch you know because hopefully the new switch will be a more capable and have at least eight gigs of RAM I still think they should have twelve gigs of RAM like the next well, switch but you know and I mean I think I think the next switch model is kind of necessary either next year or the year after that the very latest they cannot coexist for two years having hardware that's less powerful than the previous generation's hardware they just can't <laughs> watch nintendo <laughs> watch <laughs> hold my beer like, yeah hold my beer and the switch is killing it right now it's selling so much so I mean it's yeah because you can't get it anywhere because you know everybody is pretty much locked up yeah. at home and all the scalpers are buying out all the consoles and selling them on eBay for seven eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean it was it was an unprecedented time, you know, and Nintendo did sell a lot of systems during that time. You know, it's like during the when Animal Crossing came out, like that game they it killed it with that game it was the perfect game yeah. it was the perfect quarantine game that's why it sold so much because you could basically live a life you know without like going anywhere you know you had your you can live the life without leaving home. your <laughs> yeah home exactly you could live your your perfect island that. life and everything but i mean not our cup of tea you know but definitely you know they they did sold really well yeah and moving back to bungie and destiny we do know that bungie will be revealing a lot more about beyond light over the summer so we'll be hearing a lot more about destiny 2 beyond light and we're going to be talking about it on the destiny show all summer long and uh beyond that we did get some cool things that Shadow Price was excited about, I know. And we missed out last year, and you know what I'm going to be talking about next. And that is the Collector's Edition for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say that I got the Collector's Edition, and um, I was not going to miss out after last year. Uh, what version of Destiny 2 Beyond Light did you guys pick up, or will you be picking up? I'll be picking up the, um, probably just the the basic 
game with the season pass. That's the the collector's edition stuff is is cool. I mean, all the all the little trinkets and things are cool. It's just it doesn't really do it for me. So, um, based on what's what they've talked about already, they're going to do to the game, and I'm guessing that we're going to hear more, like you say, exciting things about um, the expansion in the fall. You know, between now and the fall, that I'll be I'll be I'll just buy I'll buy the expansion and the, and the year's worth of season pass, and that that's what I'll go for on Xbox. I won't do it on PlayStation. I'm just gonna just go to one. Yeah, I bought the collector's edition too without you know the game because I'll probably pick it up on Steam or if I decide I'm going to get that statue of the Exo Stranger, um, and uh, which Corn I'm sure can t- tell you about. <laughs> He's really excited about that. <laughs> it's cool looking, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely is so there is a strangers uh, edition right is that what it's called uh the exo stranger yeah i think so <laughs> the exo strangers edition and that is going to be with a really cool exo stranger statue and uh, pretty cool looking there's a lot of detail to it a lot of articulation and i think for me as a guardian who's been there from the very beginning, I mean, I remember the Exo Stranger from Vanilla Destiny. So it's really cool to get that character back in the game. Also, there's uh, a piece from the... Uh, pyramid Ship. A pyramid Ship, right. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not excited about the lunchbox. Okay, I'm going to come out and say that. I think the collector's edition from Destiny 2 was cooler even though it was $250. Um, But we're not going to talk about that. Um, But uh, I I think for me, I I think I'm always going to support Bungie in the greatest way that I can, if nothing more than just to support them. And I love getting getting a collector's edition from the game, getting more cool stuff that uh, can, it'll be nostalgic. You know, many years later, like for me, I bought the collector's edition for every every piece of content that Budgie came out with, except for the Forsaken expansion. Unfortunately, I missed out and I'm still kicking myself about it. Shadowkeep, right? I didn't think they had one for Forsaken. Was it was it Forsaken? I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah. Shadowkeep. Yeah. And I I totally missed out. And I didn't. I still feel really didn't bad Forsaken about it. have the didn't they have a collector's edition with a satchel bag, you know, the shoulder bag thing? That was uh that was, that the, was the vanilla, vanilla destiny, destiny too. too. Yep. We, oh okay. Yeah. Yep. Not, and we were there. We were there at GameStop. You know, it was a special moment for us. And I think for me, Destiny is my favorite game of all time. And it has impacted me in a lot of different ways. Um it allowed me to create a podcast for example right i mean i think that's really awesome and i think that supporting them if that's the least that i can do it's worth it for me to at least know that my money is going to support them and especially now knowing that they're on their own without a publisher you know that more of your money is going to support bungie so you know i don't mind paying a bit more i mean and i know it's it's 
what was it like 140 bucks or 200 bucks if you get the version with the game it's not mm-hmm. cheap but if i think about it from a standpoint of how many hours do i play oh, this boy. game yeah. and how much value i'm going to get out of it i think i'll get more than 200 dollars worth of that's value. something that so you many know, people pr- lose sight of too and dude and just like perspective yep. like how much would you pay for your cable bill probably 50 bucks a month if i was generous about it you know so for you to pay two hundred dollars to get 12 months of gameplay out of a game that you're really passionate about being able to play with your friends in an interactive way like nothing else can give you and you get a bunch of other cool stuff with it to me that's a no-brainer to me that that's a win-win um so um i'm excited i'm gonna get my collector's edition uh, and I did order the same version that Shadow Price did because same reason I wanted the Exo Stranger uh, statue. Um, and you have to buy that with. You can only get it in that one. The game yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's Numskull so, um, who makes that. Uh, yep, and uh, I actually pre-ordered the Xbox version uh, because that was the only one that was available and ps4 um at gamestop at the time so i ended up getting the console version of it uh if the pc version comes in stock then i will switch over to that if not then i'm gonna end up having to spend more money on destiny which i mean you know it 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 sucks you know what i mean but like you know you could you could go and go to the casino and lose a hundred dollars, you know, and it's like, that's life, you know, and you can't let things get yep. to you like that. So I like, you know what? I, um, I enjoy is... buying the stuff from Bungie that I earn in game. So like I bought the pins for every seal that I finished, uh, in forsaken. Nice. How are those pins? How are oh, they? They're, they're, they're nice. They're a heavy bronze pin. They don't, they, the picture on the catalog makes it look like there's a little more color differentiation between like, it looks like there's more of a black background um, against the bronze. Uh, it, there's in reality, it's not quite as uh, the contrast isn't quite as stark, but it's, it's really super easy to take. Like I took a, just a little bit of, of uh, model paint, send it with some thinner and I, and I darkened up all the recessed areas and now they just, I've got them displayed on my wall on a plaque and they just pop. And, and I look at that and I go, yeah, I bought those and I bought the patches off the website and the other, and those are my accomplishments. The and badge I, of I, honor. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I don't know about you, Shadowkeep, but did you take like your awards from the army? Do you have those, like your ribbons and whatever in a little display case or a little? Sh- uh, I didn't go enough places, unfortunately, to do, to do that. I literally, that three years that I was in, I was just at Fort Sill. Like I went to Louisiana and I basically did like a mission there to help yeah. out the U.S. Marshals. Um, had I gone to all those other locations and everything, I probably would have done that. Yeah. It's, yeah mm-hmm. I, I have, a, mine's a very small, mine's also very small. I was only for six years, but I've got like my rank and my, you know, ribbons and my airborne wings and crap up there. And that's what this is for destiny for my warlock. I've got a similar display for him. And I look at those pins are yeah. like his, those are his achievements, and uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like that Bungie makes those available, and I, and 
I think for 25 bucks a pop, they're a steal. Um, and Oh, wow. Yeah. That's all. And you get this really nice little wow. clamshell box that's velvet lined and stuff. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I'll buy the occasional t-shirt or those, the, the stuff that I earn in game. That's, that's what I enjoy spending a little extra money on. Yeah, man. I think I'm gonna have to try to grind out and get some seals. Cause now you're making me want to, uh, get one yeah no i i think they're they're fun yeah, that's awesome uh, i wish they were available longer the the actual pins because they're they're only they're only available for a limited time and then so if you come into the game if like if you start playing for like players that start this fall brand new all those seals from last year those the they can earn the seal in the game but if they wanted to get the commemorative pin that goes with it they're out of luck which is kind of a bummer yeah had to be there yeah, yep, I guess so. You had to be there. <laughs> that is true. Hey, speaking of being there, we have something going on literally right now. And that is the season of arrivals. It's here, it's happening, and I would say half the community are probably AFK farming the forges. Well, they so, fixed that. We were, and yeah, yeah they, they put a hot fix in. So question, question of the day. Did you or did you not AFK farm? And I know Shadow Price already answered it because he was like, I was there. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I didn't because I don't, I don't have anything to AFK farm with right now. But I would have, I guarantee you, if I'd have still had, if I'd still had my character... I definitely would have, and the game loaded up, I, I would have gotten an AFK farm, you bet. <laughs> All I'm going to say is I may, I may have hit the snooze button on the game while I was experimenting with something that I heard about somewhere from some person who I play the game <laughs> with. Please don't ban me. It wasn't my intention. I probably won't even level up at this point. But I do have a lot of engrams that are kind of just in in my uh, postmaster at the moment. And, There's no uh, shame in it, man. I mean, Bungie even yeah. says Bungie comes right out and says our our goof up is your bonus. So go for it while you can. Yeah, and that's what I like about Bungie. Like you know, they they even though they said that this was not intended. To, this way like this is this is luke cave basically yeah this is luke cave um, from you know d1 when we was sat in front of a cave for hours just shooting and everything you know okay so i think i think this should be circumstantial and here's why i say that if it's something that will impact other players in the community i don't think that's bungie's fuck up should be your opportunity okay in some cases, yes. Like in this case, whatever. You get a few extra engrams. You might level up to 960 or 1060 without having to really do anything. Who cares, right? But if it's, let's say, people cheating in PvP and you have people who are literally preventing the game from being playable, that's when I think that they need to step sure. in. And say, look, we got to fix this. And the people who are exploiting this, we need to get rid of these people from the community because 
they are hurting the overall experience for all players. I think the people the reason why people would do this did this because they wanted to play that new dungeon, and that was yeah. it was ten forty, and I can attest I went in there and I you know just the beginning encounter, and it it's it's you know those enemies hit hard. Did it feel like those enemies hit? Did it feel? Yeah, like they hit hard. They hit hard, and I was mm. like, I'm like ten fifty something, and I was still feeling that pain going in there wow. and everything. So, so I don't want to tell you what light level I'm at, so <laughs> don't even ask me. I think it's also a that little bit indicative of uh, how people feel about the leveling process right now. Yeah, yeah, there's some work that can be done there. Yeah, I mean, and look, my my feeling on AFK farming, um, you create your own experience in the game. If you choose to play that game, you're kind of only cheating yourself out of the experience. But I also think that there is something to be said about the experience overall. Is it like people are AFK farming it because maybe there isn't as much of an experience to exactly. I, I want to do I want to go so and grind the same is... stuff I've been grinding for the last 10 months just to level up another 40 levels? I'd rather not. Say there are content creators out there, especially on social media on Twitter, that got really upset and were like, "Well, you know, you're going to ask me to carry you, and you're doing oh, yeah, this." Oh, yeah, I saw like, that stuff. Like, come on, yeah. come on. First off, get off your high horse. You know, two, it's it's a video game. You know, if if you have people who are going to choose to play in that way, then fine, let them play that way. Because again, you build your own experience. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think if, if that's how you choose to play the game, I won't judge you. Um, I did farm it, but you know, I honestly only did it because I wanted to get some extra drops. I mean, and the more loot that you get in the game, the more odds you have of getting good stuff and for me i don't have as much time to play the game right now um especially with all of the other projects that i'm working on i just don't have the time to devote that i would need in order to really get to the level of some of the content creators who don't like yep. the game and you know i mean i'm, I'm being honest about it uh but yeah I, I see no shame in it. I think it's fine if that's how you want to play the game. Do you? Um, so the next thing I want to talk about, we do have a dungeon. The, the Prophecy? Mm -hmm. Is that yeah. what it's called? Okay. Um, Shadow Price, you've gone into it. You got your ass kicked. Uh, Jitney, did you play the new dungeon nope. yet? Nope. Okay. Uh, and I, I won't be able to because I'm I'm set on this sabbatical I'm taking between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So I will probably totally miss out on the dungeon, um, but Bungie has said it'll come back probably the season after next. So um, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get through it. It looks fantastic from what you know, I've seen, and everyone claims it's, it's just you know the bee's knees. So I haven't seen enough of it to, you know, except like people's videos, like seeing it, like watching a little bit of glads and everything. Yeah. I mean, it looks really, really cool. I was just in a one room basically. And yes, I got my ass kicked. One room. 
one room, one screen, really. It's it was just Guardian down. Pretty much. Yep. That's it. That's all you saw. <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't even get. It's an interesting entrance. environment, though, and you know that's. Uh, Bungie makes some really, really amazing environments. So it's like, and they keep like stepping their game up too. Like we, as they, the longer this like franchise is goes on for, and I can. Go ahead. I was going to ask, uh, what do you guys think of the grenade launcher? with their horde oh yeah it it was completely broken before they put a hot fix in today yeah you could literally delete bosses like if everybody had it equipped you literally shot it everybody at once reload shoot again throw some grenades and the boss is dead (laughs) i've never wanted to i've never wanted wanted to run a breach loading single shot grenade launcher so much as i saw the people doing that like that looks great yeah, it's it's a fun weapon. You know, it does a lot of cool things. Leaves that AOE pool on the ground that just like burns the crap out of your enemies. Or if you shoot it right at them, it just burns them inside and everything. And then you could just just wail on them with other stuff. You know, so I mean, it's it's a really it's a fun weapon. Um, so it's uh yeah, it's in you know, and then they're gonna have the new one coming, the Runus effigy. And it's a trace rifle, and that also has some interesting mechanics associated with it, which we're probably going to get a quest for. That's the one that's supposed to be able to kill the um, the eyes, the eyeballs that are yeah. around, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. And then the Traveler's Judgment, which was the sidearm that you got mm-hmm. in the beginning, and then when Gaul kicked you off the tower, that off that his uh, ship. And you landed and you were all broken and your ghost, you know, you lost your light. Your gun was broken too. <laughs> and that was that gun. And now it's coming back in as exotic. Hmm. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> Kavostov, anybody? Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I think it's cool the way to, you know, tie these weapons in. And the more they tie it into the game and lore of the game, it, it's... It's it's pretty interesting to see. I mean, I'll say that already this season is shaping up to be better than last season by far, and the season just we already started. have we have story missions. So I think that's yeah. I'll tell you that. we have story missions. We have cool weapons that we pretty much get right off the bat. They just give you that grenade launcher, for example. I think that's really cool, and um, I also really like the idea of having the new dungeon i haven't played it yet so i don't know what it entails but it looks really cool from the trailer videos that i saw so i'm really excited to dive into that uh contact public events i could probably just take it or leave it i don't really care to do public events and i really wish that it wasn't a requirement in order to progress in the season because I just don't want to do more public yeah, events. The towers so, from last season that's were just, kind of my... just the most unenjoyable thing. I, I think, just didn't like them at all. Yeah, I think we're at public event, like, you know, basically and, we're, I'm done with public events at this point. Yeah. 
you know, it's they've exhausted them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I, I feel the same way. Uh, but that's what we have this season, and that's probably going to be the elephant in the room this season. Um, and then we also, of course, have the event that we talked about earlier today uh, with the Almighty getting blown up into pieces over the course of an hour and uh-huh. a half. We did determine that it was an hour too long. If it was an hour shorter that would have been a better experience and if it had to be an hour and a half then please communicate that with us then they could have put out a tweet and said hey for the next hour and a half we want you to witness what happens next in the chapter of destiny you know i think that would have been a better way to handle it if they had to make it an hour and a half long Uh, but otherwise i think it's pretty incredible to see something like that take place and i think it truly did bring the entire community together i think twitch was blowing up during that time uh the numbers were pretty staggering um shadow price do you remember how many people over over two hundred thousand people tuned in to watch to watch twitch to watch destiny 2 for Mm. the, the almighty to be blown up yeah, since I was one of the Twitch Twitch viewers, so I I sat and watched a I can't remember whose stream I was on, but um, for that entire time, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so I didn't get in game and I but the in game experience looked kind of neat too because you saw you saw players just you know all group emoting and stuff like that so that it definitely had that uh, had a neat community feel to it. Um, I watched a little bit of the DCP podcast uh, summary of it, and 5,000 Watts had a really good suggestion that she thought that would be a neat sort of activity to do at the conclusion of every season. So yeah. you, you kind of know in advance it's coming. It's the it's the capstone experience transition to the next season, and you have this little, you just do it once a season, and it, it closes out the old one and brings in the new one. I thought that was a great idea. That'd be, and then people could kind of plan around it, maybe have some expectations about the time of it. Yeah. That's, Cause this okay. kind of leads into the last question here. Um, like, so how will the pyramid ships tie into, you know, Bungie removing locations in the game? I think they're going to do some more live event type things, mm. you know, this season, like, because we're, we have the influence of Sabathun too, yep. because as well. So we're getting you know, both, we're getting the story from both angles right now. We're getting, you know, the introduction of the pyramids, like, because there's a pyramid on Io right now. It's parked on Io. And eventually, as the season goes on, there's going to be a pyramid on Mars. There's going to be a pyramid on Titan. And there's going to be a pyramid on Mercury, you know. Um, and those locations are going to be, you know, 86th, dx <laughs> Yeah. Put in the vault. <laughs> and yeah, so changed I mean, forever after this <laughs> right you're right so uh, you know how do they they don't just unceremoniously pull them out of the game they, they're going to have some how right. are the ship how are the how, how are the pyramid ships going to block off our access to those locations and there are some things that are like that people have like data mined you know uh, quest things like that we possibly could be doing you know i'm not you know it, i'm not going to give the spoilers or anything like that but there's things that are leading towards that. And I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. 
about it. So, so it's, uh, yeah, it, you know, they really are evolving this world. Like it's happening before our very eyes and everything. So it's and pretty cool. I, I think it's, it's really shaping up to be an exciting time in destiny. Like no um, other time. I think these seasons <laughs> were a little bit underwhelming for me. So it's really encouraging to see Bungie coming together and giving us something really exciting, something to be really excited for. And um, I'll be playing. Um, I'll be playing this season. I am making a commitment to do all the activities. Maybe I'll even try to pursue one of the seals. Is there a new seal uh, this season? I believe there is. There is. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. There's a couple, actually. I think there are two. There's a moment of triumph for this year, too, um, as well. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yep, that'll be coming up. In July, okay. yep, around the normal time oh, that, okay. nor- that usually okay. does. Next next month, yeah. yeah. Very cool. And uh, yeah, that's going to be really, really exciting. A lot of stuff to look forward to. And I'm, I'm going to be playing. I'm excited. I did pre-order my Stranger's Rifle uh, statue with the Xbox version of the game. I figured the best way to play on console, Xbox One, uh, xbox series x i'll be there um and yeah and then uh the collector's edition that was an exciting thing still available for sale on the bungee store you can pick up the copy pretty much the version without all the without the game itself and that's 129 yeah 129 and then the version with Everything is one ninety nine, so seventy bucks mm-hmm. more. Um, so yeah, that's happening right now. And the last thing that I want to talk about this evening, before we wrap things up, and maybe play a little bit of Destiny, is this week at Bungie we have some news coming from Bungie headquarters, and Bungie had something that took place earlier today isn't that right shadow price yeah they had the gcx stream uh for the uh children's uh research hospital st jude's st jude's yeah yep i caught part of that great cause Mm -hmm. um i'm a little bummed out that gcx by the way was canceled this year i get it but i'm like literally 30 minutes away so i really wanted to be there but next year we're gonna make it happen and they are doing amazing things for the kids for St. Jude's. They raised what? $800,000 today. Yeah. Over 800,000. Yep. They had a block from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. today and raised that much money. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. And because of those achievements that the entire community banded together to create donating so much money to such a great cause we did get a chance to see some exclusive things that are coming this fall isn't that right yep we got a uh, a quick glimpse sneak peek at one of the new legendaries coming in beyond light uh this fall 
And we mentioned it earlier, and it looks like no other weapon I've ever seen in the game. Um, it has a unique look to it. Couldn't tell exactly what it was, though. Yeah, so it was I, not clearly any type of, that we are visually familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it looks futuristic, too, So yes. which is kind of cool. So, And they also, because they reached a, the stretch goal for to reveal an exotic coming in beyond light we're going to be getting everybody's favorite hand cannon back hawk moon is coming back in the fall yeah it's going to have some new characteristics though it's not going to behave like the hawk moon that you were used to in d1 i don't so, think luck in the chamber's coming back is it no because the bullets were too random yeah there was too too much uh randomization with that so and they could all stack at one, and then you could literally one-shot someone. <laughs> right. <laughs> when all the lucky bullets just stacked as one bullet, and then boom, <laughs> one shot, one kill. <laughs> but when it happened, it was so sweet, though. <laughs> oh, my God. It happened once for me in the Crucible, and I just, like, screamed like a little kid and everything. It was it was great. He really screamed like a little girl, but he just doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he's like six foot five, so it's it's a thing to be seen, really. Great. Yeah. So GG's Bungie for raising all that money, wow, and for showing some really cool weapons that we'll be seeing in the not too distant future. Um and fast forward, we have some other stuff that uh Bungie had to address in the form of a patch and uh, they finally addressed the entire debacle with the forges and the AFK farming and they stated the following. This week has been a pretty active in one term of patches. On Monday, a change was made to require players to requeue for forges in hopes of removing idle players from the activity. Tuesday, we had some fixes go live for energy and umbral engrams. Today, hotfix 2.9.0.1 went live with fixes to sprint canceling, the lighthouse, and more. But we are not done yet. Hotfix 2.9.0.2 is planned for next week, the process of finishing some testing passes but here are a few things you can expect they will be fixing the uh, targeting controller remapping there are some issues with that they're fixing an issue with shadow price's favorite weapon the wither horde uh deals excessive amounts of damage to bosses as we talked about earlier there's also an issue with Solo completing the, the Prophecy Dungeon where it didn't unlock a Associated Triumph. So that's another fix. Um, also fixes to an issue where rewards were um, dropping at 750 power instead of your intended power level. So that's uh, that would suck. That would really yeah. suck. Imagine playing like that's been happening to me. The hardest dungeon, and you get a seven fifty drop like that. You know that happened in Gambit to me a few times, and other 
places. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's kind of like that's not. I was like, what is this? Where seven fifty? Put it this way: there are issues with the game that I can justify. This is not it. They should not be doing that because this does not respect a player's time unless they are able to retroactively go back and give you the proper drops. But that doesn't happen. It's not like they're going to go back. Millions of players. All the players that that tough. screwed are going to get stuff back. No. So essentially your time isn't being respected. So... I'm sorry. Looks like but the fix is coming next be- week, though, so that's good. Yeah. So, and then finally, there is a fix coming to the Tommy's Matchbook Catalyst quest uh, that was apparently removed from players' inventory. Did Did you guys have that happen? No, to you? not me. I I haven't noticed anything, so I think I'm good. Uh, but that's a preview of the patch notes in this week's update. And then also, we got to see a glimpse of the pre-order bonuses for Beyond Light. If you pre-order your copy, you'll get some cool stuff right away, from my understanding, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the emblem you'll get right away, and... I've seen people already rocking that emblem. So yeah. It's, uh, cool. Yeah. That is a pretty cool looking emblem. Yeah. I think that's a pretty cool pre order bonus. Yeah, um, it's neat that, yeah, right, that they drop something for you today <clears> that you can, you can play, you can use and not have to wait till September. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Now, there are some notes, uh, because I, personally did not get any pre-order bonuses even though i did pre-order my copy of the game um they did note the following if you pre-order the collector's edition through the bungee store a code for these pre-orders will be emailed within 24 to 48 hours um also if you pre-order the copy on xbox um, you need to download the Destiny 2 Beyond Light pre-order pack and the Destiny 2 Beyond Light exotic emote package prior to signing in to Destiny 2. Interesting. Um, and then lastly, Destiny 2 Beyond Light should become available on PlayStation on june 18th which is today so we should learn more soon but yeah i'll uh check my email to see if i got anything in my email with a code but i don't think i got anything as of yet and i got the xbox version so far um so yeah and then they have some more information about, I guess, uh, support updates. The one um, that I think we should touch on really quick is the raid gear and max power levels, actually. All right, let's do it. And they said uh, 
in our May 14th TWAB, we announced that gear would begin to have a max power level starting in Season of Arrivals. But that weapons and armor from the Last Wish and Garden of Salvation raids would be granted exceptions. Currently, this gear doesn't indicate that. But it will in a future update. Both update and armor, both armor and weapons from Last Wish and Garden of Salvation will be updated retroactively with the Season of Arrivals watermark and will have a Season 14 max power level. And additionally, all armor from all other Destiny 2 raids will be updated retroactively with the Season of Arrivals watermark and will have a Season 14 max power level. And that players can read more about max power levels in their help article. So I thought that was a really important piece of information that all the raid armor will be good through Season 14. Um, Interesting. So that they're going to get that extended uh, duration uh, of time. Which is, you know, which is good, you yeah, know. Yeah, it is good. It gives yeah. it gives some overlap and some ch- chance for people to earn the new raid armor. Right. Yeah, because if, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, season 13 is like in the winter, season 14 is in the spring. So you have all the way up to the beginning of summer before that gear will be sunset. It won't be you be able to use in, you know, end game content and everything. So, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, all good things. Yeah, I think that uh, it was a pretty good update this week. Short, but sweet. Uh, We do have a tradition on the show. Um, Jitney, I'm sure you are aware. We rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. And Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off uh yeah i'm gonna go with a four just because you know the things that we got last week and you know they kind of overlapped into this week because we got reveals of the new legendary uh coming in beyond light and you know returning exotic and you know all the great things that they're doing over at gcx with the that charity the charity marathon that they're having and raising all that money for the sick kids and stuff like it's all good things so i can't fault any of that so i'm going to give it a four spicy tuna rolls okay and uh jitney what about you what would you give this week that's i was going to say about three and a half to four just three and a half because of the the, it's because of the brevity but you got to go forward just because of I was the other thinking, the exactly. GCX thing sort of eclipses that, you know? Yeah, you know, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was going to give it a 3.5. And, you know, and the reason why is because we didn't really get a whole lot of new information about the game beyond like, hey, we're going to nerf some things and we're going to patch things so that the engrams that drop are not going to be higher. They're going to be lower. And just for that, I think I'm going to give them a 3.5. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, because honestly, I mean, who cares if I'm 1060 or not? Is that going to matter? Is that really going to make a difference to you guys? Oh, or because it almost felt like we're just going to throttle you guys a bit now. And I think that just setting you back to orbit is enough punishment. They didn't have to go an extra step 
and make those engrams less powerful. So just for that, 3.5 Bungie, GG's. But I still respect you. $800,000 for the kids. <laughs> That's incredible. That's awesome. Pre-order bonuses look kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to be looking out for my bonuses after the show. Um, and yeah, um, I would say 3.5 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls this week for Cornholio. And on that note, Guardians, I think we have come to that time where we can wrap things up and reflect on the awesome show that we had. But before we do, I do want to share where our listeners can find you all and where they can find our show. So, Battle Jitney, do you want to kick things off? Where can we learn more about you? Well, I like to say I play Destiny on Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm a Twitter junkie, but but it's all Destiny content. So I, that's where I interact with tons of people. You can find me there at Battle Jitney 21. You can find my YouTube video uh, on YouTube at Battle Jitney 21. And if you see, if you're playing on Xbox, Battle Jitney 21. Um, so that's where that's where you can find me. And hopefully, maybe I'll do another stream of consciousness thoughts about returning to the game before the summer's out. And uh, and yeah, maybe start that process. This this opportunity to be on this podcast um, r- really kind of gets my juices flowing to this is this first opportunity I've had to speak out in the community. Uh, and I just am super thankful for your, you guys giving me some time uh, to share my story and, and maybe, you know, who knows, uh, start a new budding Absolutely. YouTube career. We're, we were glad to have you on and everything to share your story and, you know, learn more about you and everything tonight. So it, it, the pleasure was all ours. Yeah, Jitney, it was an absolute pleasure hanging out with you. Um, I appreciate you for your time to hang out with us and share your story. Uh, We talked about so many things today, from destiny to real world to how you got started. And it was really, really awesome to learn more about you. You have a really awesome story. And we're grateful to have had you as our guest. and, And we thank you for your time again. Can't wait to see you on Xbox. I will be there. Um, I actually have an Xbox One X right now with Game Pass. So I can play on Xbox uh, anytime. And uh, we'll be picking up an Xbox Series X when that launches. And I will have Destiny 2 Beyond Light on really all platforms. Can't wait to play with you soon. And uh, thank you so much for being on with us. And also my co-host, Shadow Price. Where can we learn more about you? You can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And also here on the Destiny Show podcast. So thanks, you guys, for uh, tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find the Destiny Show podcast everywhere. We are on twitter at the destiny show we have a website at destinyshow.com you can find the latest show notes and spoiler alert 
you can catch all of the episodes ad-free on the uh, website. So you can listen there. We're also on every major platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and uh, any place you would listen to podcasts. And you can also find me at OMG Cornholio um, on Twitter. That is where I post most of my gaming-related um, tweets and news and cool things like that. Um, so you can catch me there. And uh, we will be back next week on the Destiny Show podcast. We're going to be announcing some really exciting guests on the show. Uh, next week, we have Grace on the show. She is an artist in the Destiny community. And we're going to hang out with her, learn more about the art that she creates. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot more about Destiny 2. And I thank you, Guardians, for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. And we'll see you all next week.
Hey Guardians, I'm Cornholio and I am the host of the Destiny Show Podcast. Before we begin the show tonight, I just wanted to say that we support women around the world and we do not support or in any way believe in the acts that Lono aka Say No to Rage did. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey Podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.